Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. The Supreme Court is back in session today with Apple and iPhone apps, the first order of business this morning. Here to tell us about it is Greg Storr, Bloomberg News Supreme Court reporter. So, Greg, consumers want to sue Apple, saying it's using its dominance in the market to jack up the prices for iPhone apps. What's the issue with that lawsuit? June, the issue is that the Supreme Court has said in previous cases that the only one who can sue under federal antitrust law is the direct purchaser of something. And this lawsuit focuses at least in part on the commissions that Apple charges to the developers. Those are 30 percent, and uh, the the consumers say those are higher than they should be if, if there were a true competition here. And so Apple's argument is that the consumers are not the direct purchaser purchasers of uh, these, uh, the distribution services that, that the commissions pay for. They say the only one who can sue us for having uh, allegedly too high commissions are the app developers, not the consumers. And what, are, what does uh, the, sum- the consumer group say? Well, the consumers say that we ultimately end up paying the cost of of the commissions through higher app prices. And they also say that the case is not just about the commissions. It's about Apple's total control of the system for buying apps. They say, look, if you have an iPhone, you want to buy an app, the only place you can go is the App Store. And Apple at the App Store uh, has some control over the prices that that developers can charge. They they are charged in uh, 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 amounts ending in 99, and they're either 99 cents or $1.99 or two ninety nine, um, And uh, the, the consumers say that that overall control uh, is enough that, that uh, it, it feels like you are buying the app, from app directly from Apple, uh, and therefore we should be allowed to sue Apple for inflated prices. So antitrust cases sometimes, not always, but sometimes divide the Supreme Court along ideological lines. What can you glean from the justices' questions this morning? So this one sort of divided them along ideological lines. If you t- the four liberal justices all seemed like they were very inclined to let this lawsuit go forward. Uh, Justice Kavanaugh, the newest judge, justice, might join them in that. And then you had two of the more conservative justices, Gorsuch and Alito, and they were asking a much bigger question. Uh, Justice Gorsuch, in particular, was suggesting that he doesn't like this direct purchaser requirement at all, and he would consider throwing out the 1977 Supreme Court ruling that, that imposed the direct purchaser requirement. If the court were to go that route, uh, the consumers would be allowed to, to move forward with their suit. So you could end up with kind of a combination of rationales for letting this lawsuit go forward. So were the justices up to date on the tech aspects of this? Because sometimes in these arguments, they're a little behind the curve. 
Yeah, there, there weren't any any of those moments where you're like, oh, wow, they really don't understand <laughs> what's going on here. Uh, one justice who tends to be one of the more tech-savvy justices, Justice Kagan, uh, did talk about the process of buying an app on her iPhone. Uh, you know, she talked about how when I, you know, buy something, I'm paying, you know, I, have, I go to the app store, I'm paying for it uh, using my Apple ID and the credit card information stored there. So she seemed to be speaking from personal experience in, in doing that. Uh, for the most part, the other questions didn't get too deeply into the actual operation of smartphones. Tell us the effect of a broad ruling in this case versus a limited ruling. How many companies might it affect? So uh, there are a lot of companies in, in this uh, this Internet economy, um, uh, an awful lot of companies like eBay, like Etsy, like Amazon, serve as kind of the middleman. They have a marketplace. Um, the, the consumers suing Apple say, you don't have to get into to, to the way those companies work because Apple is so different in the amount of control it exercises over the App Store. But it's at least possible that a decision letting this lawsuit go forward could make it easier for consumers uh, trying to sue at least some of those other companies, especially the ones that do exercise a lot of control over the marketplaces they run. Let's turn to cert requests. The Justice Department is once again trying to jump over the Circuit Court of Appeals and asking the court to review President Trump's ban on military service by transgender people. Tell us about that. Yeah, so this is a, a policy that the Trump administration has tried to put in place, but several federal district judges have blocked them from uh, barring service by transgender people. And the Trump administration uh, has said, we, we need to get this issue resolved very quickly. So they filed uh, a, a, a petitions here at the Supreme Court uh, on Friday uh, saying, don't even bother waiting for the appeals court to, to rule. We think you should, you should take it up now so that you can rule this term and, and tell us by, by June of next year whether we can indeed bar transgender people from serving in the military. How likely is it that the court would grant cert in that case and, and avoid the circuit court? Well, it, it, I mean, we're speculating here, but it's a highly, highly unusual thing for the Supreme Court to do. It almost always wants the lower courts to fully vet an issue, and, and certainly having the federal appeals courts uh, rule on it before they take it up. On occasion, the court will do that if there's a special urgency for something, or if maybe they're already considering uh, a related issue in a separate case, and they, and they just want to broaden what they're thinking about. Um, it, it, you know, th- it would be an extraordinary thing for the Supreme Court to do, especially given that so far the court has suggested it wants to step carefully and move slowly when it comes to some of these uh, centerpiece issues uh, pushed by the Trump administration. Speaking of extraordinary things at the Supreme Court, I have to ask you about the Chief Justice pushing back on the president's criticisms of judges appointed by former President Barack Obama. How out of character was that for the chief? It is extremely out of character. He has talked about uh, the importance of an independent judiciary. He has said that repeatedly. He has said that he doesn't view judges as being partisan actors. They're not Republican judges or Democratic judges. He said that all before. But this came in response to a, a, a question from an Associated Press reporter asking whether the Chief Justice wanted to respond to uh, the president's criticism 
of, uh, of a federal district judge and a federal appeals court. And so the chief justice put out a statement, and uh, that is something that he has never done. It is, uh, it is John Roberts uh, standing up to Donald Trump in a way that he hasn't before, and it is certainly a, a fascinating dynamic that we're going to be watching while the Supreme Court considers all these hot-button uh, Trump administration appeals. Only about a minute here, Greg. What do you think it was that led him to make that statement? You know, it, again, we're getting a little bit into speculation, but the president uses the phrase Obama judge to describe this, this federal district judge uh, who, who uh, ruled against the administration on, on an asylum issue. Uh, that is a characterization that John Roberts really resists. Um, uh, he certainly understands that that you know judges come to the court with different views, but uh, this is a guy who, in his confirmation hearing, said judges should be like umpires. He does not believe they should be affiliated with the president who appointed them in the way the president suggested. All right. Thanks so much, Greg, for your insights. That's Greg Storrs, Bloomberg News Supreme Court reporter. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.